0: So thank you for coming today. Um, this episode uh, is our first episode, which is really, really exciting. Um, I'm going to make lots of mistakes. Uh, we're going to laugh and we're just going to wing it and see how we go, really. Um, so thank you, Laurie, for coming with me. Uh, Laurie is the new, uh Lori Brooke is the relationship architect. And I met Laurie through business networking. Um, and we've had a few chats and we were talking about our, my brand new podcast and how we're going to be talking about all the things that in society we just don't talk about and that we should. Um, yep. So, um, sorry, now I've got other phones and stuff going off, you know, the best laid plans and all that. Um, so th- this goes to show people that, you know, we're, we're recording as we're working. This isn't, you know, <laughs> this is mum life right it's now. It's
1: real. It's yeah. real. It, yeah. It's mum
0: life. Um, so um, look, let's um, get a little bit about you and tell everyone at home at home, in the car, cooking dinner. I don't know where people listen to podcasts, whatever they're doing. Um, a little bit about you and what you do.
1: Okay, so I call myself the relationship architect. Um, I work with people who are going through that separation and divorce phase, but also who are in relationships and just feeling really dark. You know, I don't know about you, Alison, but I know there's been times in my relationships that I just kind of feel like, is this it? Like, we, we feel like we're treading water and it's just not going anywhere and it's not that the relationship's bad or anything but it's just not feeling fantastic like it should be at you know at different points in time so for me I wanted to really help people get through those periods without ending up in separation and divorce yeah right so personally for me I'm a mum, I'm a wife you know I wear all the hats that many of us women do and relationships I think are really important and something that we don't talk about we like to pretend that they're going really really well.
0: Yes 100% I remember when um, when I had my first daughter I um, I was very young um, I was a teen mum and I remember I, I got married uh, three months or four months after she was born and I was still 17 and one of the bits of advice you know everyone kind of gives you you know in the lead-up to your wedding day um, one was from my mum and she said, make sure you still date. And at the time I'm like, that, that doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? We're getting married. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, yep. and, and it wasn't until like a few years later um, that I, when I looked back, I'm like, oh, that's what she meant. You know, like make sure that you don't forget that, yes, like you said, we wear all the hats. We're not just mum. We're not just wife. We're not just all those things but we're also someone's partner and someone's best friend and you've got to nurture your relationship as just the two of you without any of the other labels, just as much as what you do, any other job that you've got.
1: Absolutely. And it's so easy to put that to the side when we are wearing so many hats to go, when I've got time, we'll do that. But in the, in the meantime, we're, you know, busy making lunches and signing excursion forms and organizing dentist appointments and all of that, that we, lose sight of it all and then it's then it kind of becomes the too hard basket yes yeah it does it's
0: been um it, it's it's already been a week or it's only been a week you know we'll do it next yeah. week. and yeah. then next week comes and one of the kids is sick look the kids are sick let's just we'll we'll do it next tuesday we'll do, we'll yep. do it next friday how does how does you know four o'clock on Saturday morning work for you? Because I think the kids might be asleep. You know, <laughs> we could potentially sneak out and make a coffee together. <laughs> You're right. You've, you've It's almost like you've got to book in dates with.
1: Yeah, you do. And one thing that I, I find really amusing about our relationships is how much effort we do at the start to put on that really great persona of, spending all this time and being the best versions we possibly can to make sure that they like us. Yeah. And then when we've kind of we've got the relationship, we kind of feel like, oh yeah, we're secure, we're safe. And then everything goes. Comfortable zone, don't you? Like you just get into it. Yeah. Yep. And then when things start to fall off, we kind of go, where did it where did it what did we do wrong? Where did the wheels start to fall off? And it's harder to pick up the pieces. Mm. at that end because of what we're concentrating on but I mean it's life we've got to deal with it we've got to figure out how to get through it yeah um, but making sure that we do it in a really great way so that we end up happy and I think that's the ultimate outcome right it's not that we want all the relationships to never end or you know people to never separate we just want people to be happy yeah Yeah, be happy with who they are, and you know, life's too short. It really is.
0: And I, yeah, the older I get, the more that like really hits. (laughs) You know, yeah, when you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, that's old people thing. You know, old people have to worry about that. I turned forty a couple of weeks ago, and I don't feel like old, but I do feel old at the same time. It's yeah, it's a weird. Well, you
1: can remember when you were a kid and that, you know, the adults you were around when they turned 40, and you just, I can remember thinking, man, that is old. I know, I I'm there and I'm like, Ooh, I don't feel that old.
0: I remember when I hit um, probably oh, 25, maybe. Um, I remember saying to someone, you know, the child me owes a lot of 30 year olds a huge apology. Because as a kid, I'm like, you're 30? And here I was 25 going, oh, I no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, I, I had to humbly, you know, accept that, you know, at some point very, in that near future, I was going to be the 30-year-old that I thought was super old. Um, and now I'm 40 and I'm like, well, I, I don't know what I thought like that was no. when I was younger. Like, even when I, I got married and had kids, like, I was living the life of someone in their 30s and 40s. Um, so I guess for me, like, that's that's kind of all I've known. Um, but, yeah, maybe that's why I feel older than I am because I've been doing it for so long.
1: I can also remember, though, thinking that when you hit, you know, I don't know what age it was, but to me, you know, when they were the, the older people, they just knew everything. They had it all together. Yeah, And now I'm sitting here thinking I'm still waiting for it all to come together. I'm still waiting for that light bulb to go, yes, you know it all. But yeah. you, you never actually get there, do you? Because it's that yeah. like constant learning progress.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, I, I really like just the cheat code. If someone could just figure out the cheat code <laughs> to life. Um, Especially
1: and- parenting. Oh, yes. Parenting.
0: yes. Yes, all the parenting hacks. Please just throw them at me. Um, look, I'll send it out for free. I will share it among my my fellow mums. Because that is the hardest damn job in the world, and none of the um the, the pay grade does not equal the workload. Um, I yeah, look, that's a whole nother um podcast episode. Uh, yeah, look, we'll book that one in, and yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, look, it's great, but it's damn hard. Um, and yeah. anyone that says otherwise is a e sorry is either a not raising their own child. Uh, or be delirious, um, or on some kind of um, drug that, well, frankly, they should be sharing because if (laughs) if you can get through this whole parenting gig with like thinking that it's just a a breeze, um, I kind of hate you a little bit, Um, but I also want to be a friend so I can learn all your hacks so I can make my journey easier. Yep,
1: yep, yep, yep. I know when my daughter was um, quite young, I can remember saying if boarding school was a- available for two-year-olds, she would have been there. Oh, yeah. Just off you go.
0: Yeah. I um, I have a, a saying that I, look, I should stop saying it, but I won't because it's true. Um, Toddlers and teenagers are assholes. Straight up. I'm not even sugarcoating it. Because toddlers and teenagers both know how to emotionally manipulate us as moms, and that's just an asshole move, flat out. Um, as a two-year-old, it's, oh, but I'm so cute and innocent and rely on you for all of my, you know, <laughs> my life and my sustenance and everything. Um, and as a teenager, it's, you know, but my life's so hard because I have to go to school. And you're making me do this. And you know, I didn't ask to be born. Like all of those, like they're just
1: manipulating little darlings. Um, I haven't so- got to the teenage part yet. So I'm not looking forward to it though. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, I've so my kids range from 23 to six at the moment at the time of this recording. Um, so yes, I'm I've got two grandkids. So I I've got the whole spectrum um of oh. You know, how like I, I can confidently say that that my statement is true. Um, maybe that will be the, um, the title of another podcast is <laughs> toddlers and teenagers are assholes. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're here to talk about you and your story and um, how you became you, um, your life story, your, um, your. I can't think of any words right now. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, my, look, I'd like to say it's Mondays we're recording this, but it's not. It's actually Tuesday. Um, Tuesday. Yeah. But as previously said, I feel old. So forgive me. Um, so, yeah, we we we've been talking a little bit um, before we started recording um, and you gave me a little bit of, of insight into you.
1: But, yeah, let's, let's de- delve into that a little bit more. Yeah, so for me, my journey started um, many, many moons ago when I started practicing law. And it wasn't that I always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, That was never a life goal of mine. Um, My life goal when I was in high school was to get a job to wear suits, where I could wear suits every single day. And I kind of went, what am I going to do? And there was law and I went, am I good enough to get into it? And I got into it. And so it kind of, I fell, I fell into law that way. Um, Not a great life goal to have. I I get that now, but you know, that's as a teenager, I wanted to wear suits. Um, I think I thought if I had suits and I had, you know, I had it all together Um, and it's just kind of fallen and traveled, you know, in a bit of a squiggly line all the way. And I got into family law. I did my training with a family lawyer and, She did a lot of work representing kids in that family law process. And I went, that's the part that I love. That's what I really wanted to do. So I worked my way and, you know, became a partner then started my own firm and got to that point where I was doing that type of work and loved it. Um, And then shortly after that, I became a mum myself. And as a family, we kind of made the decision that, We wanted to make sure that we could spend as much time together um, as a family and living in the city and working and traveling to, you know, from where we lived to the city was about a two hour trip in peak hour traffic. Oh, wow. And we kind of went, that's not great for my husband, you know, like to travel that distance and come home. He wasn't getting to see her in the morning or at night. Um, So we made the decision to move out west. And so I now live in central Queensland and, it's been a bit of a, um, a back and forth move in that we lived out here when she was a baby. We moved back to the city for a little while um, and then moved back out here. And we're here for, a you know, the foreseeable future now. But throughout that whole process, my focus has always been on what can I do to keep myself fulfilled, keep myself happy and running a business. So I stopped practicing after I um, had her and we moved out here. I sold my firm. Mm-hmm. and I've been working in the online space and then just slowly adding things to the services that I offer. But it's always been with the forethought of I want to make sure, one, I'm here for her as mum and I can take her to school and pick her up as need be. Um, it works around my husband. He's a shift worker, so it works around his rosters. And at the same time, it keeps me happy because I think it's really important that I'm doing something for me to keep fulfilling my I suppose my hunger for actually contributing and keeping busy and just feeling relevant Yeah. like I didn't want to feel irrelevant in everything and I wanted to also show her that there's other options right so my husband my parents um they're all uh government employees and I've been a government employee too and I didn't want her to think that that was the only way that you could earn an income, yeah. Um, and equally, you know, being in private business, working those really long hours, I didn't want her to think that that was the only way to earn an income. So for me, it's also about showing that there's different avenues out there in how you can make a, how you can make a living and how you can do work that means something to you and you feel like you're contributing. And I think that takes me back to my original story in that when I was as Practicing as a family lawyer, I got to see everyone at their worst. Yeah. And I also got to see people who, after they separated, realized that, well, oh, you know what? Things weren't really that bad and they got back together. And so if I could at least help people in this process of things aren't feeling great, but they aren't feeling bad. They're just not feeling great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Get through it, then maybe they might not separate. But even if they do, maybe they'll do it nicer.
0: Yeah, and that's so important, especially when there's kids involved. It's yeah, it's so yeah. hard. It's so hard to manage your own emotions, especially you know if things aren't going great, if there's arguing and bickering. Um,
1: yep. But and what yeah. about like the thing that gets me through every day is the thought that if we can teach our kids how to communicate better, imagine what. They- their relationships are going to be like when they get older and how they will deal with conflict like I know for me at the moment my daughter hates difficult conversations yeah she hates it when you're trying to explain to her why she's done the wrong thing or why it shouldn't be done that way and she feels like you know there's a lot of ego there's a lot of pride and she'll just shut down she'll walk away she wants nothing to do with it yeah and so really helping her through that process to you know because there's going to be a thousand times in life where you have to have a difficult conversation with someone. Yeah. You don't, it's not going to be comfortable, but being able to stand there and be present through that and actually contribute to the conversation is is such an important skill. Yeah, it
0: is. And like you said, it's not like, it's not a lesson that you can just skip and, and hope they never, you know, have to confront that. It's, it's a fact of life. They're going to have co-workers they don't like they're going to have bosses they don't like they're going to have all of those people in their lives that you know they that they yep. might not get along with and and st- maybe they're going to be the boss and they've got to you know help you know kind of give that guidance in yeah have either one to bring up the uncomfortable topic to, to yep. help things get better so yeah yep. definitely a great skill to be implementing as young as possible really
1: Oh, absolutely. And so for me, it's all about, you know, as mums, we are the ones who obviously, we are the ones who are at times feeling like we have to keep putting in, putting in, putting in. And we don't generally take much out all the time, right? And then when we go to take it out, we kind of find that there might not be much there. There's not much to withdraw. And so what I talk to my clients about is, this this idea or the concept of having a bank account in your relationship when it comes to how much energy and emotion and goodwill you're putting into it and then drawing it out at the same time, but making sure there's always something there to draw out. Yeah. Because that's the key. And it is that concept of, like your mum said, dating, never stop dating. Never stop doing something that will allow the other person to turn around and give you the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Because when... You know, when shit hits the fan and things are going bad, we need to be able to turn around and go, you know what, they didn't really need to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and to be on the same page. Like sometimes it's just that time has, you know, kind of you blinked and, and six months has gone by. And to just get yeah. back on the same page, you've kind of been moving alongside each other and not necessarily growing together. And you just need that that touch point almost of, okay, let's just check in. Um, you know, we've yep. been bickering about little things, which we all know when we're bickering about, you know, the dishwasher not being stacked properly, it's really not about the dishwasher being stacked properly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, having those those conversations of, okay, we need to stop and assess why I care so much that, you know, the, the dishwasher's wrong. Um, yeah. And- the
1: dishwasher, the laundry basket and the rubbish bin. Seriously, three things that we argue about <laughs> so much that often have nothing to do with those three things. Yeah.
0: But in the moment, it feels like, oh, my God, why can't you just put the rubbish out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a big issue in the moment. Um, yeah, look, I, I think it's, I, I don't know, I, I look back to when I was a kid and, and, like, my grandparents' generation and my grandparents have just celebrated their 63rd wedding anniversary or something Aww. ridiculous like that. Um, and I look at that and I just think, oh, look it. And they're still so in love like it's actually disgusting like I love them to death and it's so disgusting that they're still so in love after all this time and I just think that's that's beautiful to see like it's so lovely to to see someone that did stick it out and I remember saying um recently to my grandmother so how many times have you ever wanted to actually just like secretly kill him and bury him somewhere and she's like Oh no, never. You know, of course, you know, like they, those old ladies are like, Oh no, I don't think like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm calling bullshit on that. Cause I don't think you can get through 63 years and not have had a moment where, Oh my God, could you just get out of my face? I don't want to see you again. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And it's kind of the goal, right? Like, that's what we want. We want to find that, that person that we that we're willing to fight with to fight for. Yes.
1: Yep. But it's also that, and I think you said it to me in a conversation we had recently, Alison, is that you can love them, but you don't always have to like them.
0: Yes. Yeah. I And, that's and thing. it's, mm.
1: yeah, it's that whole concept of, I love you, and I'm going to work through this. But right now, what you've done, I really don't like, and yeah. I need some space. Or you know, we need to work through this in whatever yeah. way. It's and that's okay. Like it's okay to have the bad times, and it's okay to hit those brick walls and those speed bumps, and to not like each other for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's what you do to get through that. Yeah. Yeah. To get to that sixty-three years. Yeah, and it.
0: I don't care who you are. It takes both people. Like you can't drag someone through a relationship with you. It's got to be willingly, you know, putting one foot in front of the other at each each crossroads that you go to um, because otherwise someone's not happy and you're not going to get like, yeah, it's you can't force someone to love you. You can't force someone to want to fix things.
1: But No, absolutely not.
0: But but sometimes
1: it also takes somebody to take that first step to put in that little bit of effort to yeah. get that reciprocal effort back. Yeah. And it's when it's when you get that stalemate of, well, they're not doing anything, so why should I? Yeah. That it becomes really hard to understand, is it the fact that we don't love each other anymore or is it the fact that we're both, our egos are so big that neither of us want to be that first person in case yeah. it is that they don't love me and then I've been really vulnerable yeah. and got nothing back.
0: And I, I also know people who have just gotten to that point of complacency, like both parties know that things aren't going great, but neither one wants to kind of say anything because then it makes it real and then it makes it um, something that has to be addressed. Whereas if we both just ignore it for a little while, then we'll just, you know, it'll sort itself out. And it's being brave to be that one that says, look, things aren't going okay. You know, I think we need to talk. You know to someone like you, Laurie, who can kind of navigate us through the conversations that we need to be having in order to figure out where we've kind of divided. Um, yeah. and, and like you said, to see if the love's still there, it's just that we're we're on different chapters of the book, um, or whether we're just reading different books. And either way is perfectly fine, but by not addressing it, it it just makes things worse and it makes the arguments bigger. Um, yeah. And I, I remember saying when when I separated um, from my my ex husband, I wanted my kids to see two happy parents, as opposed to like that were separated, as opposed to two parents that were together, and just faking it because they your words and your body language tells two different stories. So even if we had put up a put a smile on our face and just trudged through it, the kids would have picked that up. And the last thing I wanted them to think was that this is what a happy marriage looked like. I didn't want, you know, our marriage to be that role model for them knowing that what we were role modeling wasn't what a healthy marriage, like that's not what I want for my kids. So it was better for them to have two parents that were separated and happy than it was to have one family unit that was just existing.
1: Yeah. And the conflict and that's the issue is it's, it's not the separation, right? It's not that divorce. It's the conflict. Yeah. And that happens if you're in a relationship and not happy versus mm-hmm. being going through a really horrible separation and divorce as well. Like it doesn't matter the how that family unit is made up. Yeah. If the conflict's there, that's that becomes the issue.
0: Yeah. And kids get like they we always say that kids are so resilient, but they really are. They they look to us for us to tell them if something's wrong if if we're looking at a situation and we're telling them it's okay you know this is this is our new normal this is just what's happening you know mummy and daddy don't love each other but we love you whatever the story is that you go with um if they feel like it's okay then to them it's okay it's it's us adults i think that stress them out whether it be unintentionally by giving them our anxiety about it You know, oh, I don't want you to feel this. I don't want you to feel that. But by kind of coming to them with that energy where we're almost telling them, well, you're supposed to be feeling like this, um, you know, but I'm trying not to help make you feel like this. it's uh, no wonder kids get confused. And, you know, when it comes to separation and that's if things are amicable between the adults, like there's still that the emotions are still running
1: wild between the adults. Oh, absolutely. I think it's really important to stop and think, though, that for our kids, right, they don't know any different. Like they were born into our family, especially young kids. Teenagers is a different story, but the young kids, right, they were born into this family. This family world is all that they know. So if you separate and they're going between mum and dad or whoever whoever it is, that's normal for them. It yeah. might be as parents, we might be sitting there thinking, oh, I didn't want my kids yeah. to have a separated household. I feel really bad about this and I feel really bad about them having to live between my house and their house and, you know, all of this. But that's our stuff yeah. as to our dream for what it was to be our child, right? That's yeah. what—that's the broken vision that we have. But for our kids, they don't know any different. And so yeah. it's normal for them. And we might be you know putting pressure on ourselves going but that's really bad that that's normal for them and it shouldn't have been like that and but it is it's you know for them that's what their life is and if we're happy then how good is that that we're showing them happiness and and self-value and self-worth and what good relationships are like and good communication and we can live in two households and we can still, you know, talk, still go to school events together or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Or we also know where our boundaries are.
0: Yes, boundaries
1: where is those boundaries,
0: boundaries are. Yeah. Yeah, huge. Um, so okay, so let me ask you one last question. I mean, we've we've delved into some some deep stuff here. Um, and I have no doubt this will not be the last podcast um with the gorgeous Laurie Brook here. But um, what would be your, um, like we, at the end of each episode, we're going to be talking about resilience. So my last question yep. to you is mm-hmm. being that you are, you know, relationship based, what would be your number one tip or top three tips when it comes to resilience? If you are having, not necessarily having issues in your relationship, but maybe even to try and stop
1: getting to that point, what what top three would you have? go back to your bank account, go back to your relationship bank account. And if there's nothing in there, then start putting stuff in there. So start doing things not to make you feel better, but to make the other person feel better. So what can you do to make them to try and build up that goodwill? And then the other thing is start doing the work yourself, right? Because the relationship work that's available and whether it's through me or with other people, it's not just focused on the relationship. It's going to help you grow as a person. and you will find that through that process, you will either come out of that with a stronger, healthier relationship, or you will feel more comfortable to make that decision to say, hey, this isn't the right relationship for me. So do that work. Don't be afraid of saying that this isn't working and I need to do something different.
0: Yeah, so important. They're great tips. Um, And I love the bank analogy. I think that that works perfectly. It, It makes so much sense. You can't go to your bank and withdraw a million dollars if you haven't done the work to have a million dollars in there. Although it would be nice and if any bank would like to sponsor us and just give us all a million dollars, I'm very much open to that conversation.
1: <laughs> so grateful. So, yeah, so grateful.
0: Yeah. Oh, look, we will plaster your imagery everywhere. And, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, look, if you're going to to look for sponsors, why not start with a million dollar plus? Yep. Um, that would be awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it and I hope that uh, all the listeners um, really got the value out of it that I know I did. Um, if we want to get in touch with you and and talk a little bit more about um, what you can do and how you can help, how do we get a hold of you?
1: Uh, Therelationshiparchitect.com.au or on socials at My Relationship Architect.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today. And That's we- okay. Thank you. Thank you. I will see you all uh, on the next episode where we talk about things from the heart.